Jesus. All right. This morning we talked about, uh, we're going to continue on, and I, I, I hope it's clear as mud. Maybe I, I needed to more teach this, but uh, I wanted you to sort of <clears throat> understand that uh, what it means, not being childish, but being childlike and why that is so important to being in the kingdom and why it's so important as our, our continued um, process of getting healed and of getting touched and getting delivered and getting washed and getting set free is that you have to put this in your heart, your mind, your spirit, that I've got to become like a child if I want to tap into the presence of God. Because unfortunately, uh, the Lord says, I stand at the door and knock. And if you don't open that door, if you don't humble yourself, if you don't avail yourself to the presence of the Lord, if you don't climb up in his lap, so to speak, guess what? You can make it on your own. And as I mentioned this morning, that from a child, maybe at two or so, uh, they begin, you know, this process of, of looking for security, looking for pleasure, how to have fun, and being interested in power. And how do I get power? What will make me feel secure? And it becomes a lifelong struggle. And unfortunately, as children uh, reach a certain age, as they continue to grow, and I can tell you from a parenting standpoint that more and more uh, parents will describe it as a power struggle or who's in charge or you can't tell me what to do. And basically to the point where they're willing to jeopardize their own security, you can stand there and say, as long as you're in my house, and then one day it reaches the climax and they go, goodbye. I'm willing to get my own security and my own sense of having fun and my own, my own power to the point that you know, they believe that you're keeping me from having fun and your rules are keeping me from pleasure and your rules are doing something that's stopping me. And of course, we know this first temptation went all the way back to the garden whenever the Lord, uh, the Lord had Adam and Eve in a perfect place, perfect environment, perfect situation, and yet the devil said, he's keeping something from you. You could have fun, you could have the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, you can have that. That's what security basically is, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, pleasure, have fun, rather the lust of the flesh, have fun, the lust of the eyes, that sense of, of security, and then the pride of life is that very sense of, of, of power. And so those three basic needs the Lord dealt with repeatedly. And I, 
I mentioned <clears throat> this morning about John 16, where he talks about believing on the Lord and righteousness and, and of judgment and how important that was of, of owning the room and having some power. As you go on in John, uh, in John the 20th chapter, uh, the other disciples said unto him, we have seen the Lord. And you remember the story. One guy said what? Unless I see him, and unless I put my hand in his palm, and unless I put my finger into his side, I will not believe. Now we call him Doubting Thomas, and yet the world is full of Doubting Thomases. If the God doesn't do this for me this way. And the reason I don't serve your God is he hasn't done the way I wanted it done. And he hasn't. I thought security meant that I'd never have to work. I thought Power meant that I'd be important. I thought pleasure meant that I would party all the time. And if I'm ever sad or I'm ever lonely, well then, God, you didn't. And unless I see this, and you remember what, how the Lord responded to him? He actually showed up and he goes, hey, Thomas, put your finger here. Stick it here. We don't have any record that Thomas took him up on it, but he was, he was saying, look, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I can convince you that I'm real. And you know what's amazing is even today, I've had people that have, have said, well, you know, I, I, I just, I, I never would have believed God. Then all of a sudden X, Y, Z happened. Yeah. Something, something, something happened. And I just knew that had to be God. Yeah. Right. Well, if, if you've ever had one of those experiences where God showed up, I hope you can respond like Thomas and say, my Lord and my. Because Jesus did that one time. We have no record that Thomas ever from then on goes, I wonder if he's real. I wonder if he's real. In fact, what Jesus told Thomas, he said, because you have seen me and you have believed Blessed are they that have not seen and have yet believed. And I mentioned this morning that very sense of the uh, parable. He said, because you've seen me and thou hast believed, blessed are they that have not seen and believed. And I mentioned the parable of the, the rich man and there are so many other parables. And I, I mentioned the story of Lazarus and Mary and Martha saying, you know, I wish we would have, uh, if you'd have been here, if you'd have been here, if you would have showed up. And the Lord said, well, I'm the resurrection and the life. What, what are you saying? You know, and I know, I, I, I've been guilty of saying, man, I wish I could have lived and walked with Jesus. And ha Guess what? He gave us the comforter. Yeah. It's real, folks. Yeah. You're walking with Jesus. Yeah. You're walking.
walking, he's right in here. And the parable of the rich man that had the barns, you know, you remember the story, he was building more barns and planting, and he's going to be secure, tear down these barns. And that's why I said, when it comes to security, I want to tell you, you know, how much money is enough? Well, just a little more. How much, how much stuff? And I'm, I'm as guilty as the next one, you know. If I, if I, man, if I keep that, I know I'm going to need that in six months or a year. And, and then I kick myself, oh, I had one of those and I threw it away. So I'm not throwing away anything else. And then the barn gets full. Huh? And then someday that I need it, I can't find it because I got so much other stuff. And I'm not, y'all, I'm just, this is me. Confession's good for the soul. But the point of it all is that here we have, you remember the scripture, let's, let's look at them in Luke the 12th chapter. God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, and who shall these things be which thou hast provided? So is he that lays up treasure for himself, but is not rich toward God. And said unto his disciples, then notice how he, he transitioned right that, Right to the disciples, he says, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, for the body, what you shall put on. Life is more than meat. The body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens. They don't sow. They don't reap. And they don't have storehouses. They don't have barns. But God feeds them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And yet, I can find myself being worried about my security. What am I going to do? Let me tell you something. If I will stay childlike and stay in the presence of the Lord, I'm telling you the Lord will take care of your security. You are better than the birds of the air. And everything's been covered up with snow and all. And yet, every once in a while, I see birds flying around. I don't know where they're eating. I don't know if they're fasting. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. But guess what? The Lord says, I take care of them. And then he goes on and he said, and which of you, by taking thought, could make yourself 18 inches taller? If we could, I'm sure we'd have a lot of NBA stars. And if by being able to do that thing which is least, if ye then be not able to do that thing which is least. He asks the question, why are you worried about the rest? Why are you worried about the rest? I, and, and don't get me wrong. I am not saying be cautious. I'm not saying I, my son-in-law, you know, the doctor told him, you stay in. He did his part. And yet I remember when he told Sheena, he said, you know, Sheena was concerned. And he said, Sheena, I'm going to tell you, God's opened the door for this. If he wants us to have this surgery this past Friday, he'll make a way. We'll do our part, but God... Yeah is going to do his part. What are you saying? He says, if I can't thank God and trust God for... Amen. 
Go to the doctor, sure. Go to the surgeon, sure. Go, yes, but always know, listen, it's the great physician. It is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who's got this. And then he goes on, consider the lilies. Now he's talking about flowers, how they grow. They don't toil, they don't spin. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed unto any like these. If then God can clothe the grass of the field, which is today in the field and tomorrow is gone. I've got a little pond in the back that's just natural. I, I haven't done anything to it. And you know what? It, it's, it's green half the time. I don't turn the, I, I don't have a, a thing in there to make it, you know, stay oxygenated. And I, it, it flows out of the ground into a hole that was there when I bought the property. And it, it you know, it, it's just every year water lilies appear on it. And it's frozen solid now. And I guess the fish go down in the bottom somewhere. But, you know, every year there's little tiny fish flopping around. Never get very big because they're not that. What are you saying? He, the Lord says, if I can do that. What do you think? I can't touch. I can't heal. I can't speak a word. I can't say you're healed. Wow. He said, and neither take ye thought what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be of a doubtful mind. For all these things, notice this next phrase, do the nations of the world seek after. Everybody is concerned about these things. And he said, and yet your heavenly father, your father knows you have need of these, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. That's why I know people look at us strange, but if you will put God first in your life, yeah. It eliminates the fear of security issues. It can eliminate the fear of why am I going to have fun if God's number one. But when I start trying to figure out how I'm going to do all that for me, that's when I get the cart before the horse. And he says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure. He wants us. And, and I, I, I'm going to tell you, I, he wants us to be blessed. He wants us to, it is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. I've seen people that I don't, I, you know, I don't want to give because I need so much money. I got to have, I got to have all my money. I need that 10% to put in the bank. For, I'm going to tell you something. When you don't honor God first, your security is tied up in how you're going to make it. I've seen too many times God get his share or it goes into a bag without holes, I mean with holes, and you don't get to keep it. And I'm not, this is not a sermon on tithing and giving. We've taken the offering no more tonight. You can leave here unscathed. Yeah. 
But I'm, a, I'm telling you, that's what the Lord said. Give alms, provide yourself bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, for where no thief approaches nor moth corrupts, for where your treasure is, that's where your emotions, your heart will be. And when you try to tie it up, and, and I understand, I totally get the security issue, and I understand, you know what, I, I don't have any, I don't have any gun, I don't have any knife, I don't have a crowbar, you know, under my arm here, but, uh, you know, if I had, if I had a couple pistols in here, I had a crowbar under here and a machete down my leg. I could walk anywhere because I'm not afraid. You know? And about that time someone sneaks up from behind knocks me out with a frying pan. <laughs> and all my guns and my knife. What, what do you, I don't, I don't, we have security. I'm not against any of that. I'm not, you can have concealed carry. But what I'm telling you is you first need to make sure you have an absolute understanding that God is my ever-present help in time of trouble. I'm going to depend on him. I'm telling you, I've heard too many stories from missionaries. I've heard too many tales where all of a sudden God stepped in and he performed a miracle. God is able to do exceeding abundantly. I'll never forget one town the missionary was in and they, they came in and, and there were a bunch of folks worshiping and uh, praising God and somebody, soldier came in and said, you stop it and then just took his machine gun and sprayed and nobody got injured. Remember that story? Telling that. And they just begin to worship the Lord and then they looked and, and their clothes had bullet holes in them but nobody got hit with bullets. That, I know that's far out. Maybe, oh, that's just wild. I, I want to tell you something. I believe God can do that. Yes. I believe God's able to do that. No, I'm not telling you to go down and see how, you know, walk around with dollar bills hanging out of your pockets and, you know, see if you can get mugged or not. You probably will. Somebody will help you out. I'm not advocating being foolish, and that's what I put here on the slide. I'm not advocating, you know, uh, you know, living riotously or unwisely, but I know my security is not in my ability. It's not in my bank account. It's not in my intellect. It's not in my portfolio. It's not in my whatever you want to put in there. I've got to know every day my security is in Almighty God. He is the one that holds me and the palm of his hand. He said, well, I'll get enough money that I'll be able to, I'll, when I feel, you know, secure, then I'll be able to give. I want to tell you something. You're going to be chasing a little wheel on a hamster. I mean, you don't understand? You'll never feel secure enough. Not only, of course, did it say security, but I, I know my time, it says pleasure. And I, I could go there you know, now that I've locked all the doors and closed all the windows and I'm secure, I've got, now I want to have fun. I'm secure. Now the internet's down, so I don't, can't even have fun. <laughs> Something to feed the gnawing on my inside. And, and, I, and, I, and I've seen people, 
that go, you know, they feel insecure, then they, so they want to drown it out with some kind of pleasure, some kind of stimulant, something to keep them going. Want to have fun, lust of the flesh, need to be fit, need to have a good time. And you, it can be something, it's not bad to work out at the gym, but I've seen folks get just, that's their God. Not bad to do some of these things, but it can become that's say bad to have a good time. No, but you know what? It, it moves me emotionally, and I get excited. And, and and Hollywood has a hit on this, and they don't know how to you know, start a movie and get your emotions up here and then bring them down here and then you're afraid. And You know, 45 minutes you go, hour and a half from high to low to high to low to crying to, oh, and then you see, hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him. <laughs> oh, so that was a great movie. Oh, I was just, I just, I want to see it again. <laughs> Guess what? You know it's what's going to happen. I don't think they're going to change the ending on you here. And so I, I do my best to, how do I satisfy that hunger? Paul addressed this in Corinthians, this pleasure you know, that I want to have fun. I, I, and, and I, you know, man, the emotion and whatever. Just, man, that's great. And, and he said, brethren, I speak unto you as not as spiritual, but as unto carnal. He called them even babes in Christ. He said, I fed you with milk and not with meat. For hereunto you were not able to bear it, neither are ye now able to bear it. For ye are yet carnal. How did he know they were carnal? Because they were fighting among themselves. They were jealous of one another. They were envious of one another. Their attention was on you and you, and you, and you. Your fun, well, how, that's not fair. How, how come that, why, why did she, what, what did you do? Huh? What about her? Huh? He said, the more you focus on what you have or somebody else has, you are a babe in Christ. Basically, he said, for you are not, you are carnal, for whereas there is among you envy, strife, division, are ye not babes? Are you not carnal? Then he said, walk as men. In the Greek, translated to the King James, it's walk as men. In our day, it would be grow up. Grow up. I don't, I just don't feel like worshiping because nobody likes me and nobody, grow up. 
This is not about you. It's about God. It's about Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I, you know, and you can come tell me and that's fine. Not, you know, I'll get on to him. And, but you know how old you are? He's got my little truck. He's got my toys. That's what Paul was saying. You are, you are not, you're thinking this is where. <clears throat> In the Amplified, he says, for you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. And we wrestle the flesh. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He said, for as long as there's envy, jealousy, wrangling, factions, are you not unspiritual and of the flesh, behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men? Wow. That's pretty heavy. Paul in Romans told him, he said, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. To be carnally minded is, it will kill you. If you think your source of fun and a good time is only gonna be found in the flesh. If you don't learn how to have a good time in the presence of Almighty God, you will stay a baby. You say, well, I don't really, you know, it's just not in my thing. I don't, you know, I, I have a better time doing this. God bless you. You will not grow spiritually until you can say, oh, how wonderful. Look, look, let me keep reading. It says, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is the enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God, neither can be. And so they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, you are in the spirit if the spirit dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And I, and I just, I, I didn't write all the scriptures down because there are so many, but Paul would then write things that are just mind boggling because he would say goofy stuff like, I take pleasure in my infirmities. Huh? Why? Because he was in the spirit. You can't say that unless you're really in the spirit. Because there is no infirmity that you're going to have fun with. But Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. Then he would go on and say things crazy like, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And then he would say, rejoice in the Lord. Have fun in the Lord. You know, come and worship and just... Have fun and just praise God and have a good time. Oh, I couldn't do that. Now, I could stand and cheer for the Bengals or I could run and leap and have. Whew, man, you ought to be able to have fun right around this altar. Amen. You ought to leave with a smile on your face. Pleasure at thy, in thy presence is fullness of joy. And at 
at thy right hand. You say, I can't, I can't, I don't know how you have, I don't know why you go to church so much. You know why? Because you are a babe in Christ. You have, I'm, you're carnal. You're not allowing yourself to get meat enough to reach the point where it is fun. I, I mean, and I, I know we're all here on a Sunday night and especially Super Bowl and I'm preaching to the choir. But I, you heard even David say, it feels like I've been gone so long. Oh, God, you know, help us. Uh, man, I, I can't wait to be in the, oh, Sunday night again. Oh, God, have mercy. I, oh, Wednesday night again. This ought to be the funnest thing we do all week. Getting in the presence of God. Getting in the pleasure of God. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. In fact, one time Jesus said, It is the Father's good pleasure. To give you the kingdom. Oh, he could go on and on I, I, about that subject, but we're, we, you know, anyway, hallelujah. In fact, one place, the guy said, the writer said, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, said, Don't get drunk. That won't give you any fun, but be filled. Get full of the Holy Ghost. So if you're hungry for a drink, Pray through till you get full of the Holy Ghost. They didn't have other drugs then, but he said the same thing. If you're craving this, get full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. All right, power. Last one. I I know. Let me see how many more we got. Oh, not very many. Uh, We'll get there before kickoff. Luke, the 10th chapter, 17th verse. You remember the story? The 70 came rejoicing. Woo, man. Devils just, they, they are so subject to us. Devils come out. Bah, woo. You talk about owning the room. I walk in and demon possessed people go, whoo, man, we're coming out of that guy. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? I mean, we, I mean, we'd like to kind of feel that surge. Woo, yeah. And what did Jesus say? Hey, don't get excited over that. I gave you power. I saw Satan fall as lightning. I gave you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all, everybody say all, All. the power of the enemy. We say it. Do we believe it? Greater is he that is in you. But I feel powerless. I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. Pray through. Humble yourself. Say, I need another touch. I need another dose of the Holy Ghost. Fill me up with the power. Let it hit me in the head. Let it raise the hair on the back of my neck. Let it flow out my fingertips. I need the power. He said, Notwithstanding, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject unto you. But you know what you ought to be rejoicing about? That you've got your name written in the Lamb's book of life. And listen to what he said. At that moment, Jesus danced. 
He got excited. He rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Lord, Father of heaven and earth, that you have hid these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. And I know our world is full of power games and manipulation and being passive aggressive and competitive moves and competition. How do I rearrange the puzzle pieces and who do I need to have? You know, I got a glad hand this one. Anybody work in the real world, you know, that's the boss. You need to be blah, blah, blah. And I'm not telling you to walk around and say, you know, be disrespectful and all that. But it's power games, folks. Control. And yet Isaiah was the first prophet that referred to the Messiah in the Hebrew word of Ebed. Ebed. He said he is a servant Messiah. That was a brand new concept because all of Israel up until that time believed that the Messiah was going to come riding a horse and he was going to take charge and it was going to be power. And that's why even the Jews in the New Testament could not accept Jesus because he, the Messiah is going to overthrow Rome and we're going to, oh, we're going to be powerful. And the Jews today are looking for power, power, power. We're going to have power. We're going to be the number one nation and Jesus Isaiah called him Ebed and Jesus exemplified that as a matter of fact in the last supper what is it that he did you know he says here grab the towel wrapped it around what did he start doing washing feet what are you talking about that was the job of the lowliest servant he was demonstrating that when you read that in, in, in the Bible, and I, this is my last example, he took bread, gave thanks. He said, this is my body, this do in remembrance of me. And, and he had just said, the one that I give sob to is going to be the one to betray me. And they started inquiring of themselves, which of them are going to betray and they got into fighting. They were trying to figure out who's going to betray the Lord. And this is the danger of being carnal and a baby. Because we're going to argue now about who's going to betray the Lord. I wonder if you'll betray him or if I'll betray him. And then before long where that argument goes is... Well, I love him more than you do. I know I'm not going to betray him, but I don't, you know, you've kind of been. And so then they started fighting amongst themselves about who was the greatest. And the Lord had just said, this is my body. I'm a servant. I'm washing your feet. He's gotten up from that. And they're fighting. And the Lord looked at him and he says, the kings of the Gentiles argue like this over who's going to be in charge. Make me in charge and then I'll do it. And 
who's going to be the greatest? And he said, they love to exercise lordship and, and they want to be called benefactors. I want everybody to know I'm, you know, yes, I gave. I'm the one. And he said, but that shall not be so among you. But he that is greatest of you, among you shall be as the child, as the younger and he that is chief shall serve. For whether is greater that sit at meat or the one that serves, or that is not he that sitteth at meat, but I came among you as a, in the Hebrew, Ebed, servant. He said, that's how I've come. Except you become like a child. What are you saying? I'm through. I know. You still got, you're going to make it. If you're searching for something that'll bring you security and pleasure and power, you're not going to find it in something. But you know where you'll find it? In someone. You'll find it when you open yourself up and let the Lord continue to walk with you every day. Is it easy? No. Times we all get caught up in it. If you've never, if you've never been caught up in the rat race and you've never been caught up in worry and you've never had anxiety, well, God bless you. You're an amazing Christian because you can only do it through Christ because something's going to get into you. You're going you're gonna to worry about something. You're going to be fretful about something. You're going to fear something. Something's going to be, am I going to be secure? Am I going to be okay? Is somebody going to like me? Are they going to treat me right? Because if they're not, you know, who do they think they are? Well, who do they think I am? I don't have to take this. And, and we're seeing such an expanse of this in our own society, you know, people driving down the road, you cut me off and you, you don't know who you mess with, buddy. I slam on my brakes. And I, I have to be honest, I kind of enjoy watching the videos of cars because I know it's not me, thank the Lord. Somebody sent me one the other day and, and guy was trying to pass, trying to pass, and he couldn't pass. He went over on this side, and the road ran out, and he flipped his car over, and I'm so angry because you, I want power, and if I'm sitting at the wheel of 380 horses, I'm going to show you, I got power. You don't deal with me that way. You don't talk to me that way. I'm powerful. Is it in our world? Is it in our society? What's going to make me feel safe? You can carry a gun, that's fine, but you know what? At some point, you're going to have to get secure in knowing, you know what, Lord? You're going to have to help me. You're going to have to be there. I'll try to be wise, I'll try to, but you know what? My security comes from Him. You say, but I want to have fun. Well, let me tell you, you better learn how to rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, 
you kind of have fun with all of that, but I don't, then you need to pray through till it gets the joy of the Lord. I don't know, maybe, you know, what, what was it that, was it Toronto or something? They started all the laughing, you know, talking in tongues and just cracking up. I'm not saying we got to have that, but if that's where you are and you don't have fun, pray through till you come out. Have enough oil and wine in you till you rejoice a little bit. Be not drunk in wine with wine, but be full of the Spirit. Let's stand.